success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible Podcast. But guess what? We have He's Invincible with us today, and I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Adam Karofsky. Adam is a writer, editor, and storyteller, helping people create pieces of writing that are authentic to their unique voice. Adam, welcome. We're so excited to have you with us today. Thank you, Cammy. I'm so pumped we were able to get this in and, uh, and just so psyched to be here. This is going to be a blast. Me too. Oh my gosh, so much fun. So much has happened since we initially spoke. And I'm just so excited to have this conversation with you today and bring all of this to the people, to all of our listeners. So let's jump in. Let's get started. Let's tell everyone how in the world did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible? Let's let's do it. So obviously my journey, like everybody's, has twists and turns. And sometimes you can kind of look back down the slope of the mountain, you're like, wow, how did I, how did I get up here? Or just how did I get to this point? Because when we're little kids, you can't always guess and visualize what you're going to be. And some of us, you know, say we're going to be a fireman when we're a little kid, and then we actually become a fireman. I can't say that I ever said that I was going to be a writer, certainly not a writer for others, a ghostwriter. I might have dabbled with the idea of being an author when I first started falling in love with books and reading stories. I'm sure that idea crossed my mind that I said, I want to be an author and I want to write books for other people. But the idea to write in other people's voices and to help other people tell their stories wasn't really an idea until I found it really recently. But I'm so happy that I got here because I truly love what I get to do. And I love writing for myself and I do tell my own stories because I think that's really important for everybody to do. But helping others tell their stories is a really special and unique thing that I get to do. I love that. And, you know, I always say, like, um, we're changing the world one story at a time, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we're able to take, you know, the things that we go through and our knowledge and share it with others, we're able to impact the world. And it all comes through story. So tell me a little bit about the backstory. Like, what did you go to school for? How did you, you know, what else have you done and how did you stumble into this part where you're loving what you're doing now? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of fast forwarding or back uh, rewinding a, yes. uh, a couple of years. So when I was in college, I had a completely different uh, goal and plan planned out. I was really focused on staying in professional academia. I wanted to become a professor and get my PhD and teach 
and research and, and just be in the academic world. And my little section of the academic world was anthropology. Um, I found anthropology pretty early on in my college career, and I stuck with it because a part of me that I've learned to kind of accept and love is that I can be pretty indecisive. And sometimes I don't want to limit myself by being really specific on one thing. And the beauty of anthropology and what makes it a really kind of complex field is it's super broad. It is literally the study of humans. And when you're talking about humans, you can tie that to just about anything because humans have touched just about everything now on the planet. So you can focus on environmental anthropology. You could focus on forensic anthropology, physical anthropology. My section that I was really fascinated by and really stuck with for a long time was cultural anthropology, specifically religion. And to kind of tie the two together, a big part of religion is stories. You can almost say that's all religion is, is stories. So when I was in school, I was really focused on anthropology and I, and I loved the study of it. I loved the discipline and I wanted to go and get my PhD. And that really only shifted towards the end of my college career because kind of a combination of COVID shifting into a lot more virtual work. Um, and also developing some really lovely friendships with some of my professors, I realized that the academic world wasn't for me, at least not right now. I wasn't ready to go and start applying to graduate schools right away and then go into another six or seven or even longer years of school, depending on what field I went into. Uh, I wanted to travel and I wanted to explore and I wanted to kind of experience flexibility because like everybody, when they're finishing up college, we've spent the last 20 some odd years of our life in a confined institution with the path laid out. And I wanted to fully step off of the path and just explore and experience that freedom. So I said no to the PhD program and I shifted away from that. And I decided that traveling was what I wanted to do for a time being. Uh, but Still got to work and still got to make money. So that's where I really turned inward. And I was like, what am I good at? And what do I enjoy doing? Uh, and that pointed to writing. And so much of the writing I had done up until that point where I started to shift this into my business was strictly for others. I was, I was writing papers or I was writing my thesis. And it was all focused within anthropology. So it was all very academic where I was taking other people's words and other people's works so I wanted to kind of shift that a little bit and say, oh, what does it look like to actually have a lovely conversation with somebody and help them get their words out there? And I tried it and I loved it and I've stuck with it ever since. I love that. And I love what you said about what am I good at and what do I enjoy? Like those are the two most powerful words. It's so neat to talk to people like yourself and other guests that we've had that like, I love to go back to like, is this what you wanted to be when you grew up? Or like, did you go to school for something different? And now you're doing something totally different. Are you using that knowledge, which in your case, you are like everything you learned, you're able to use through this, this that you're doing now. But I love that. And I think anybody who's faced with, you know, maybe they're not feeling happy or fulfilled or content right now in what they're doing or the work they're doing in the world, that they could ask themselves those two questions 
and they are the magic answers to what's next, right? It's it's that simple. And yet we make it so complex. So I love that so much, Adam. So tell us what makes you invincible. You know, and it, I love the word invincible and I love the, the brand of what you do. I don't know if I would ever describe myself as invincible because I think almost the opposite, being really vulnerable and having and acknowledging those little soft spots that we all have, acknowledging that almost is what makes you invincible. It's like you have to own, own your weaknesses, own your soft spots, recognize them and then let them empower you. And that kind of ties back into the, what am I good at and what do I enjoy? Because I think our greatest strengths, the things that really do make us invincible, often, if not always, come from those points of, of weakness and real vulnerability. And I think that's what makes people so special and so strong. So for me, it's recognizing that I care deeply. I care deeply about myself and my loved ones, but I also care just about people in general. And when I'm working with somebody, when I'm having really deep, meaningful conversations, and I'm taking on the, the responsibility of writing their words for them or helping them write their words, that's a, that's a big responsibility. And I don't think it should be taken lightly. So for me, acknowledging how much I care and acknowledging how much I want to help people get their words out there, that's what I feel like makes me strong. I love that. I love that. And you know, I don't, no one's ever said vulnerability makes them invincible, but you know what? It's so true in the work that you do, right? So because you're telling other people's stories, because, you know, there, there's that, that part of it where you do need to kind of step back, right. And bring them forward and, and let them shine. And I love that. I, oh, I love it. So powerful. The, I see a right. quote card coming. <laughs> I think we I think we need one. I think I we know, need one. Yeah. The vulnerability is what makes you invincible. <laughs> so you just paved the way so perfectly for the conversation that we're gonna have today about helping other people tell their story. So there's a few different things that we're gonna talk about here. Let's jump in with the first one: how to convey emotion in your writing while keeping it business focused. I love this. So I picked this one to talk about first. Awesome. Let's let's get into it because I think this is an idea that, or at least the idea that I want to talk about is one that is certainly on its way out, but might still be lingering in people's minds. And that idea is that business shouldn't have emotion and that business should be business and personal should be personal. And I think that was the case, but not anymore. And I think getting rid of that idea is what can really elevate a lot of people's businesses because I think a lot of people can tell when you're not being authentic and a lot of people can tell when you're not being real and when you're not getting down to the real. And that comes from melding the personal and the business. And for me, when a story resonates, it's because I know it came from a place of authenticity. And when a business resonates, I know it came from a place of authenticity. That doesn't have to mean that it's that it's a nonprofit and that it's all about helping and not actually to be you know a functioning, profitable business, because it is. But you can have both, and you can have authenticity, and you can have genuine caring, and you can have powerful core values and a powerful business culture when it connects 
to the heart. And I think that's why so many people would lead with what they enjoy and what they're good at. They can construct a business that can tell a really powerful story because it will come from them. Not what they think will make a lot of money, even though it can, but from what really feels real to them. Uh, that I think is what can like elevate so many businesses. Uh, and you said the magic word authenticity, right? So, you know, I like there's so much talk about like even on social media platforms, like, oh, well, you know, if you want to share what you ate for lunch, you go on Instagram, right? <laughs> if you want to share your kids, go on Facebook. But when they say, you know, when you're on LinkedIn, that's for business. Well, you know, as entrepreneurs, we are the business They're, they're, mm. you know, and I know for me personally, and I'm not sure you can share how you feel about this, but if I'm going to do business with someone, I want to know them at the highest level I can possibly know them without crossing a line. Right. Mm-hmm. So I want to know the important things. They're important to me. That helps me with the no like and trust factor. So I love, but you know, then there's corporate America where you're supposed to leave all your emotion and personal life at home, right? Uh, There's just so much of that. But I think since the pandemic, people are starting to realize like, oh, I am my my life is my business. My emotion is my business, right? It's all a part of that. And I would Mm -hmm. love to see more of that, you know, not overshare. There's a difference, right? But but I do, you know, I see like I think I know somebody really well. And then I'll, all of a sudden I see something different that I didn't know. And then I start to question everything. Right. Like, oh, what else is there hidden behind there that I don't know about? I thought I knew. So um, I feel like that's so important. And I'm so glad that we started with that. So the next one, I'm kind of going backwards, but the next one Um, How to make your writing informative, authentic, and most importantly, not boring. So can we talk? People get on their soapbox. They write these long articles and I get a third of the way through and I scroll. I'm like, I can't even finish this. Right. Uh, And uh, and not to even say that they're not good writers, but they're not captivating me. Maybe that's good. Maybe I'm not their target audience. Uh, So maybe I'm weeding myself out, but but it's important, right? And it's like, if I could get through the whole thing, I might be able to share it with somebody that it is a good fit. So I feel like I find myself scrolling halfway through, rolling my eyes saying, I don't have time for this. Let's talk about this. Let's How get into it. You said it. You said it. Tell the story and not, not boring. Those are the two big things that stand out because you know, getting into a little bit about just like how we function on social media, we as humans, especially post pandemic is the scrolling, the thumb, the scrolling and the glazed eyes is just like, it's muscle memory at this point. So how do we break up that scrolling? And let's focus on like LinkedIn, because it's just such a little great microcosm of business, personal and writing. So you said it when you see a long post, that's it's the worst if it's not broken up into paragraphs. But even if it is, you're reading like a section of a novel and it could be a great story. And they often are great stories. And, you know, I got to say when people write a long post like that, those are usually the most authentic posts because they're taking the time to write all of those words and they're going down tangents and they're writing about this and they're writing about that. So that is authentic writing and that is real writing. And you, you, that's usually coming from a place of, of real and authenticity with the person but it's not what people are looking for when they're scrolling on LinkedIn. And it's not what's going to break up that scrolling muscle memory. So breaking some of those rules of writing, of grammar, of storytelling, 
can be the things that'll make your post shine through the most. Uh, emojis, big catchwords to start off. Think about, I think the best way that somebody can create a great LinkedIn post is think about what you would want to see if you were scrolling. Focus on the posts that catch your eyes and what stops you from that pattern and then try to reflect that. It just takes a little time and a little practice to kind of look at what's working for other people and then say, okay, now how can I make this about me? Because getting back to what makes a great story a great story is when it comes from a place of authenticity and other people will feel that and will feel that connection. You might feel that like a story you want to tell or a little snippet or a little thought you had in the shower this morning is too personal, is too unique to you, and nobody else will feel the connection from it. But I think those are actually the messages and the stories that carry the furthest, because those are the ones that come from within and that will connect with the other people that will read your posts. So break out of the rules of writing in paragraphs, use emojis and emoticons, use big catchwords, and break up the pattern of just scroll, 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 and catch somebody's eye with your post. That's how you're going to get into the rhythm of writing really great stuff on LinkedIn. I love that. And, you know, like we, we're talking about social media here, but you write blogs and things too for your clients, right? So is that like the same rule? Tell us a little bit more about like how you do that for your clients with blogging and some of the other things that you're creating. Mm -hmm. So I think the further you get away from short form uh, social media and the closer you get towards long form, the more wiggle room you have. Because when you have somebody on your blog, you're not having to fight for their attention in the exact same way you are on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, another person's idea, another person's business is just a half finger move away. And with a blog, they're on your page. They're reading your words for a reason. Yeah, you might be sharing your blog on LinkedIn. And that's a whole other thing about how you get people actually to read your writing. But once you have them, once they're invested in your work and invested in your business and are reading your blog to learn more about you, that's where you have a little bit room, more room to play. That's where I have a little bit more room to play. So I find that when I'm writing blogs or when I'm getting even deeper and I'm writing more focused articles or when I'm writing a book, it becomes all the more important to connect with the person that I'm writing for and to say, okay, how am I going to get their voice to shine through the page? Because it's having to go through multiple mediums. It's having to come out of them into me and I'm having to then write it and construct their words and work with them so it's sounding perfect. And then we're having to put it on another medium, on a blog, on a web page and have somebody else read it. So it takes time and it takes refinement and it takes, I'm going to go back to the keyword again, authenticity, but it can become a really beautiful piece of writing and a really beautiful piece of the person I'm writing for when we get it right and when we get their stories out there. I love it. I love it. And I love the whole idea of ghostwriting. And like you said, like the, you have to get the story out of them, get it inside of you, put it back out and then make it sound like them. <laughs> that is a lot of, of things, a lot of translation there. And, and that mm -hmm. is the coolest thing. Well, let's go to the next thing, which is how people can tell stories from their own lives that convey the lessons they're trying to teach in the business. Yeah. So that kind of ties back to one of the pieces I was talking about, which is, you know, the shower thoughts, the really deep thoughts that we have that then we share and can kind of form the greatest connection. 
I think that's how it can come from from other stories as well. And if you're trying to tell a story that, you know, entices somebody about your business or educates them about something about your business, I say reflect on your own stories. Don't think what makes a good story. Think what makes a real story. Think about what led you to learn some of the most important things about your business or about yourself and get vulnerable and share those stories because people will feel that connection and they might learn something. Even if they haven't had that distinct experience themselves, if they can listen to your story and see how it impacted you and your life and you, what an amazing value to provide from them. And all it takes is a bit of vulnerability and some words to share your story. Adam, this is so great. So I, I, the next thing I have to ask you is what are the do's and don'ts of writing? You know, there's so much talk about, you know, staying away from certain topics and, you know, all the controversy and all of that. So share a little bit about your thoughts on that for me. Sure. So I think I've talked a lot about the do's, the, the authenticity, the telling stories that impacted you, the, the getting vulnerable. And so now let's talk about some of the don'ts. So the don'ts aren't necessarily um, not breaking uh, writing rules, because I think writing rules can be broken, and sometimes breaking them can actually be the way to connect. So I'm not going to say don't use slang um, and don't use uh, conjunctions. Like I think you really can create great writing by breaking writing rules. The things I will say don't are don't poke the bear. Don't talk about a touchy subject just to talk about a touchy subject because we all know what the internet is and we all know what social media is and it can just rain down hellfire on your post and on your business and on you for no good reason. So don't poke the bear. If you're talking about something that could be a touchy subject, politics, religion, do it in a tasteful way. And if you want to open up an open conversation about it, by all means, go for it. Because when you get, you know, some sparks brewing in the comments, sometimes really good ideas and really good conversation can come out of that. But I would say be really careful. And if you think that what you're going to say might be taken in the wrong way, remember, the internet is forever. And once you post something, it is out there. And that can be a really dangerous game for some people to play. So that I would say is a big don't. And then the other one, which is a little bit smaller and very common sense, is use a basic editing software like Grammarly. If you know that you tend to type really, really fast and then send off the post, I think it really can be smart to take a minute, review it with a fresh set of eyes. A great trick, I'll give you this like little trick that I've been using since high school, which comes to writing. If you have a hard time reviewing your own work, if you just kind of read it and you read it again and you constantly miss edits, read it backwards. Start at the last sentence, read the last sentence, then go to the second to last sentence, read that sentence. You will catch the little mistakes, the missing commas or the double I's or the double O's that you would have missed before. You'll catch them if you go backwards. So that is a great little tip that anybody can use, even if they don't want to use an editing software like Grammarly running in the background. Edit yourself and you will catch those mistakes and it just elevates your online presence so much more when somebody like me doesn't read a post and be like, oh, that's a really great post, but they have the apostrophe in the wrong place and the period is outside of the quotation marks. I don't want to see that. You don't want to be writing it. So check your work. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so glad you said that because I just, people lose credibility with me when when it, they, they put these posts out and they're all 
crazy. So, and yeah, like, I don't want to judge them, but I'm like, listen, if this is the kind of work they're putting out, do I really want to pay them to work with them? Right. Like I'm obsessed with excellence. So like, yeah. So I think that's so important. And I love the don't poke the bear. Oh my gosh. Another (laughs) book card. No reason to. (laughs) <laughs> it, might be, it might seem kind of funny in the moment, but soon it just becomes annoying. Don't poke. Oh there. my There's gosh. No that's so great. I love it. All right. Well, so one more, one more big thing that I want to ask of you is to share. Uh, and this, I'm going to say it's mostly for me. This is going to be my selfish ask for the day. <laughs> and that is, I am so not good at creating or writing posts. Like some people I read their stuff and I'm like, oh, they're so good. Like I can tell a story if I'm sitting here telling you a story, but to write is not, not, I'm not good. So mm-hmm. I would love for you to share just a quick little step-by-step one, two, three, four, A, B, C, D outline of if you're creating a short post that you want to put on social media to, to um, attract your target audience or target, you know, who your target clients are. What are some of the step-by-steps that should be included in this post that will get you, the people that you're looking for, will draw them to you? Mm-hmm. So let's go, we'll do this one, two, three, four. I can, I can okay. see it already. I can see it already. And seeing it is kind of part of step one. Step one, I would say, is visualize it. That's easy for me to say because I am a really visual person and a visual learner. So that can also tie into own your learning style, if you're a really tactile person, visualize it out by writing it on note cards and organizing your thoughts. So step one of the outline is outlining. Think about the idea that you want to talk about in a specific post and then figure out a way to outline it in a way that makes sense for your brain. So just because I might outline it actually in the LinkedIn post and be typing it up on my computer doesn't mean that's the best way for everybody. And actually getting off of the computer and getting back into the physical material world and getting a piece of paper from your notepad in the kitchen and sketching out the idea that you have, the story that you want to tell, I think that is the best place to start because that way when you go to actually start writing the English words, it's already in your head. You already know what you're talking about. And the hardest part of writing is when you sit down to the blank page and you kind of have an inkling in the back of your head about what you want to talk about, but you don't know what you want the first word to be. So get away from the word, get away from the post, get away from the computer and outline it in your mind a little bit in a way that makes sense with the way your brain works. I think that's step one. I think that's step one. Step two is then to actually go and write it. You got to just put it out there. You got to write the words in whatever order you think makes sense. If you don't want the pressure of doing it within the LinkedIn, because we're talking about LinkedIn, the LinkedIn microcosm, get onto Word Docs or the Notes app on your iPhone and just write it out and see how it feels. And play around, move around the sentences, move around the big words, move around the emojis. But I say just kind of write it out and give it a go. Give it that first draft so that you can see how it reads. And then step three is kind of pushing that vulnerability a little bit further. Go to a trusted person. Go to your partner. Go to your best friend. Go to your mom. Go to your sister. Go to your child and say, hey, can you take 30 seconds and read this for me and get their feedback? Those people that are really close to you, they'll know you, they'll know your voice, and they'll also be able to hear if your voice isn't shining through your post. That's going back to my whole idea. Get your unique voice, because we all have one. Get it to shine through your writing. 
it's possible. You can do it. And those people that are closest to you will tell you if that's not happening. So that's step three. Take that vulnerability further and share it with somebody else. Not on LinkedIn, not to the whole internet, not to the whole world, but somebody close to you and then go from there. And then step four is posting it. Post it and then adjust and pivot. Trial and error. See which of your posts are working. See what you're getting good feedback. Ask for feedback. If you have somebody that in your LinkedIn network that you see likes every single post that you uh, do or every or comments on every single one, shoot them a message and just say, hey, I've been trying to up my LinkedIn game recently. What have you thought of my posts? And, and say, I want you to be honest. No hard feelings. I really want to know because that's how we're going to get better at writing. And that's how we're going to get better at LinkedIn is by getting the feedback that we really need. So that's it. I'll run through them again. Step one is outline it. Step two is write it. Write that first draft. Three, share it with somebody close to you. Four, share it with everybody. And then do it again and learn and try, fail again, fail better, and figure out how to share your voice through your posts. I love it. That's awesome. And simple, four simple steps. So you can I do guess it. anybody can do me. it. You'll be seeing me up my game soon, Adam. <laughs> exactly. And shoot me a message. Really, I would I love will. nothing more than to receive messages from, hey, I've been doing these posts. Can I get your two-minute feedback? Anybody can share that with you. I would be happy to share that with you. That's I the way we it. learn. Ah, that makes me nervous from a professional writer, <laughs> but okay. It is nervous. <laughs> it is scary. <laughs> Great. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, let's shift a little bit. This has been amazing. So much valuable information here. And you're just doing so many amazing things and helping people get their greatest stories out into the world. So I want to talk about your company, what you're doing, how you're serving your clients. So your business is called Ask Rights, which I Ask love it. because it's your initials, right? It's my initials. Uh, I know. And I love that. Um, and so what better way to talk about authenticity, right? <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your company uh, and then and how you're serving your clients. Definitely. And, and ask, you know, it's my initials. It's something that has been a part of who I am. I ask questions and it ties in because I want people to ask me. I want people to come to me with their idea of how we might be able to work together. And then we'll go from there. You know, I do have set ways that I work with people. I do have, I have blog packages where people can sign up and I will write them a specific number of blog posts a month, whether it's for a personal blog or a business blog. Articles can kind of vary. It depends on if they're trying to publish their article in their own business's publication or if they're trying to submit it to other places. Sometimes that can even turn into a co-authorship. It really depends. And then books. Books are the big ones, the ones that can take multiple months upwards of a year and can take a lot of edits and a lot of revisions and a lot of time and a lot of connection between me and the person. So for me to write a book with somebody, it has to be a really good connection, a really good conversation, a really good relationship, because that's a big undertaking. You know, a post, you can figure out you're not getting that deep. A blog, you're getting a little deeper. An article, you're kind of adding a little bit more meat. But a book is like an extension of a person. So that's a real undertaking. And it's one that I am 
happy to embark upon with anybody that feels interested because it's an amazing thing for me to get to do. I get to work alongside somebody, get into their mind, see their ideas, and then help them create something that might have been bubbling around their brain for years, for decades. What an amazing thing that I get to do. And the other ways that people can work with me is like I said, just ask. If you have an idea of a way that you want to work with me that isn't something that I've outlined on my website, or maybe even it's not something that I've done before, I am game to give it a try. Trying something new is one of the most amazing things that we can do. So I encourage people to to ask, to think about what would be my ideal way of working with a writer, working with somebody like me to create something really special for myself or my business. And we'll figure out the details afterwards. The most important thing is the intention behind it. I love that. And so you do ghostwriting. Do you also do editing? Like if somebody didn't want to, they wanted to write their own book, tell me about how that would work as well. 100%. Yeah. So we can do um, straight up ghostwriting where you're communicating the ideas to me and I'm writing them down for you and then we're reviewing them together. And then there are other people that have had a piece of writing sitting around in their desk drawer for years or decades. And it needs to have the dust brushed off and it needs to be refined and it needs to be edited. And I am happy to take on that work as well. I love reading what other people have written and I love giving feedback so that we can elevate it and get it feeling that much better. So I am happy to meet people at any point in the writing process, whether that's just getting to kind of the conceptualization of what they want to talk about to, hey, I've had this gone through three editors before. It's just about there and it's still not feeling perfect. What do you think? I will meet you at either end of that spectrum or anywhere in the middle. I'm happy, happy to read anybody's writing and help them get it out there. I love that so much. Oh, Adam, that's awesome. So tell our listeners where they can find you. Absolutely. Yeah. So the easiest one is going to be my website. It's really simple. www.askrights.com. Uh, I'm also on Instagram. It's a personal and a business Instagram. Like I said, blending the two. It's got a lot of travel stuff. So you can find me there, which is just Adam and then Karoff. So I dropped the ski on my name and it's just Adam Karoff. Either one of those is perfect. I have my work email, which is just adam at askrights.com. It's all very tied together. I shouldn't be hard to find because I have a really unique name. And if you Google Adam Karofsky, I can guarantee I'm the only one on the planet. So there's uh, nobody else with my name. <laughs> that's awesome. I feel the same way. My name is very unique. So yeah, exactly. when you Google me, you're just going to get me. Oh, yeah, that's no so John great. Smiths here. No John Smiths. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So to our listeners, just click the link in the show notes and it will take you to all of the platforms where Adam is. So you can click right into his website and find him and connect with him so that you can get on your way to whatever it is that you you have for your biggest hopes and dreams in writing and getting your story out there. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. And just before we get to the good stuff, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly, I have this great announcement for you. We are starting the Pod Power Hour, which is a virtual event that's gonna happen on Wednesdays at noon Eastern. And so if you've ever thought about having a podcast, if you have questions, if you are a podcaster and you want to come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have, we would love for you to join us. We're going to have experts there that are going to be sharing 
their genius. It's going to be amazing. So, and if you're a host and you want to come meet some amazing uh, people that could be potential guests for you on your show, come on out. What a great way to get exposure. Be sure to check it out on my website at camilehman.com as well as follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever is your favorite platform, we will have registration there. You do need to register to attend and it is on Zoom. So super simple, just one hour every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get registered today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor, you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this. You now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment. We can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at info at adventurefound.org. So Adam, this has been such an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for being with us and for sharing so much of your wisdom and knowledge with our listeners to help them to be able to create those great stories and to put them out there in the world. I see and feel your passion around that. And I, I hope that our listeners will come to you and let you help them in that journey that they're taking as well. And even if they haven't even thought about it, I think we've had enough conversation here today to spark that thought in these people. So I'm so excited about that. Um, but you know, we're not done because on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners we're going to bring them fierce entrepreneurs. We're going to spotlight their expert zone of genius, which we've done so well here with you today. And we also promise them that we're going to pull back the curtain because, you know, people look at our success and they think we're so lucky. Uh, and here, luck has nothing to do with it, right? The harder we work, the luckier we get. But, you know, no one knows the price that you pay for success. No one knows about your journey. And as you mentioned about authenticity and vulnerability and all of those things, uh, today, that's what we're going to do. So are you ready to tell some fun stories and share Absolutely. with our listeners about your journey to the success that you enjoy today? Absolutely. Let's do it. I almost thought you forgot. And I was almost going to be like, wait, we haven't done it yet. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I doubted you. So yeah, let's do it. <laughs> oh, that's the best ever, Adam. <laughs> I will never forget. <laughs> I knew it. I knew oh you would. Oh my gosh. That is so great. Okay. <laughs> well, let's jump in. Let's start with the good. I love to always start with the good. So tell us a good or great story about your journey so far to success. 
Let's let's do it. So I like to start with the good too. And the good ties back to the core of why I started living this lifestyle and doing the kind of work that I do, which is the freedom and the flexibility and the foraging your own path. I've had that be really focal to my life at a lot of different points. You know, uh, to do a brief story, I started homeschooling when I was in high school because I was feeling tired of the rigors of, of the public school education that I was caught up in. So I wanted to shift and take a little more responsibility for my education and start learning the things that I really wanted to learn. So I got off the path and I started foraging my own. And that was kind of the start. So the big story that I want to talk about with the good was the first time that I realized that I could keep that lifestyle of forging my own path and making my own decisions and discovering something new and also work and start running a real business at the same time. And that came from my first backpacking trip that I did after college. So I was post-college. I decided I wasn't doing the PhD track. I decided I was going to start my own business and start doing this writing work. And I wasn't ready to settle down somewhere and not be moving around, not be traveling and not be exploring. And you don't have to choose anymore because we're on the computer and we're virtual and you can run an amazing business without ever actually having to stay in one place. And I wanted to test that theory. You know, we all see the digital nomads and the explorers online and they're running their virtual blogs and they're doing this and that and they're exploring the entire world. And I wanted to give that a go. So after college, I packed up a couple of backpacks and I went exploring and I had the incredible pleasure to do it with two of my favorite people in the world. One being my, my little sister, Lily, who I got to travel with and explore Central America with for three months. And the other being my amazing, uh, girlfriend and partner, Ashley. And we were all working. We were all traveling. We were all living out of backpacks for three months in Central America. And it was just the most amazing experience, not only doing it for ourselves and doing it with each other, but also meeting all these other amazing travelers around the world who were running every business imaginable from photography to creating drones to repair wind turbines. We met them all and we met them in amazing places like Panama and Guatemala. And I got to have the experience of sitting down to work with somebody based in the US or Europe or Australia, have a global business running and then look up and be staring out at a lake in Guatemala. And it was just every day was wild and crazy and an amazing experience. And it was, it was the good. It was awesome. Oh, Adam, that's amazing. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Well, that was a fun journey. <laughs> now we have to talk about the bad. So we'll save the ugly for last, but tell us a story about the bad part of the journey. Yeah. And the bad, as I was saying to you a little while ago, the bad is a total reflection of the good. And, you know, as I said, my good is the freedom, the flexibility, the foraging your own path. The bad is that that can be really scary and really hard sometimes. And you can have an overwhelming desire to hop back on to the paved path, the ones that you've read about and seen and had your friends tell stories of their friends' kids who did this and that and followed the strict path and are now working in New York and they're working in a great business. And I hope they're happy. I think they are. But for me, and I think for a lot of other people like us who love traveling and run, love running our own businesses, we know we wouldn't be happy doing that. And we can acknowledge that and that can be real. And it can still be tempting because you see all these people running the path and doing the traditional and following these kind of laid out structures. 
And that can be really attractive because it seems easier and it feels easier. Oh, no, maybe I won't have to think about what I'm doing next. Maybe I won't have to be everything for my business. I won't have to be its CEO and owner and marketing and sales and, and, and content producer. You have to do it all when you're running your own business. And that can be really fun and it can be really, really tough and hard sometimes. And it can make you want to jump ship and it can make you want to go over to the other path. But I urge people to focus on the good. Acknowledge the bad, focus on the good and recognize why it is that we do what we do. I love that. And I just want to ask you this as you're as you're talking about all that, because entrepreneurship can be very lonely, right? Uh, you, you have to keep a certain persona out there, right? So when you are struggling, you really don't want to be out there telling everybody that you're struggling because that's not good for business either. But what would you say keeps you from going back? So, you know, like I, I talk to people every day and I see people go back uh, and then I see people keep going right through the entrepreneurship, you know, highway, <laughs> dirt road, <laughs> <laughs> the lonely dirt road sometimes. <laughs> so what is it that keeps you on that journey versus the going back when sometimes that could be easier? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's it's just, it's being it's being honest with yourself. It's knowing what's going to make you happy. And I know that I would not be happy, could not be happy wearing a suit into an office every day, working nine to five. There are too many things I like to enjoy and the way I like to structure my work. I don't like to do my writing at 9 a.m. in the morning. I tend to do my best writing between 1130 at night and 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm a, I'm a midnight writer. It's how I worked all the way through school. It's how I still work now. It's when my best ideas are flowing. That wouldn't be an option if I was working a nine to five. I could do it on top of it, but I want this writing. I want my business, Ask Rights, to be my business and to be my full-time job, and it is. So it's just recognizing within yourself, if you want to give it a go and see how it feels, give it a go and, and give it a try. Go all in into the traditional and see how it feels. And if it makes you happy, that's beautiful and that's great. But I have to take my own medicine in there and take my own advice and recognize it doesn't make me happy. It wouldn't make me happy. This makes me happy. This makes me happy. Getting to have these kind of conversations, getting to work with my clients and tell their stories. That's the kind of work that I love doing, that I'm good at doing, that I want to continue doing. So that's what brings me back. I love that. I love that. You can't be tempted. I love that. Tempted. All right. <laughs> well, that, you know, the band always turns out to be good too, right? So exactly. the last yeah, the last story we need to hear is the ugly. We because you know, people are out there grinding every day and they, you know, it gets hard and they think what's wrong with me, right? Mm. Well, there's nothing wrong with you. You just have to keep going. So tell us a story about your ugly on this journey. Mhm. Mm nothing there's there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with anybody that thinks what they're doing is hard or thinks maybe they don't enjoy it anymore. It's natural. It comes into play. And especially with writing, it is hard for everybody. And anybody that says that they have not had a hard time writing something, I hate to call them out, they're lying. We all have. The best writers in the world have. And I am certainly not one of them. I like to think I'm good, but I'm not one of the greats. And the greats struggle with it. Listen, look up any author that you are a fan of and listen to one of their interviews. And I guarantee one of the questions will be, how do you deal with writer, writer's block? What do you do when you don't want to write? Do you like your writing? And they will say the same answers that anybody else will say, which is, 
Yes, I struggle with writer's block. Yes, I sometimes don't want to write. Yes, I sometimes don't like my own writing. And all that we can do whenever we're feeling any of those ugly things is to push past them. You know, the first time I remember when I submitted my first short story to a writing competition, there was so much anxiety around it. It wasn't even like a pay-to-play competition. It was purely based on feedback. And it was so anxiety-provoking, and I didn't know if I wanted to do it, but I set the goal that I wanted to, and I ended up writing out this really great story in the span of like a couple of hours. And it got some good feedback, it got some tough feedback, and then when the next time rolled around, the next week's prompt, I didn't want to do it again, and you got to push through it. It's really hard to write. It's really hard to be vulnerable, especially in this globally connected world when you know that you write something and you put it out there, and any any person that you have ever interacted with and all these people that you have never interacted with or never will interact, they have the potential of seeing your vulnerability and seeing your words. And when you think of it that way, it can be really scary, but acknowledge it and move forward and recognize that somebody could be really moved by your words. I love that. Oh, that's so great. That's so great. And you know, this has just been such a great conversation. And I, before we say goodbye, I feel like I have to ask you this question. I know you're so passionate about traveling and the backpacking and uh, just all of your journey. So I just want to ask you, what is or has been as of yet your favorite destination? What has been your favorite trip? It's, you know, it's always the toughest question. And everybody always asks, anybody that's ever traveled has been asked that question, what's the favorite place you've been? And it's a great question. And it's a hard question because everywhere is so, so special. But I will always remember New Zealand. And New Zealand will always hold a really special place in my heart because the first time I went to New Zealand, the only time I've been to New Zealand was on my first backpacking trip that I took when I was 19. I took an organized trip. It was a semester abroad. And I spent three months traveling with a group of people that before I met them at the airport, I had never met before. It was a really, really unique experience. And we hit three countries in three months. We went to Fiji, New Zealand, and Australia. And they were all amazing, as every other country I've been to was amazing. But there was something about getting off the plane in New Zealand and looking at the landscape and hearing the silence that was really quite special. And I think anybody that's been to New Zealand or anybody that's been to a country that just left a special mark on their heart will understand that sometimes it's just the way the air smells and the way the sun hits the land that leaves you feeling really special. And for me, that was that was New Zealand. Wow. And at 19. So this has been what a life, right? <laughs> it's been amazing. It's yes, been amazing and will continue night. to be amazing. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. That's awesome. Well, Adam, thank you so much for being with us. It's been such a joy to have you here and just it's such an honor to be able to share all of your wisdom and knowledge and your amazing stories uh, with our listeners. And to our listeners, I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you're face down on the ground right now, get back up. Just get back up. Tell them, Adam. Get back up, push through, you can do it. Share your words, share your stories. You will move people with your words. You will. Oh, I love that so much. There, The world is waiting for your story. Get back up. 
Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.